Well, Finn is like, nobody will look at me and everyone thinks I'm evil and stuff. And I'm like, I wonder why. Gee, um, what, what would do that? He's like, it feels like all there are consequences to my actions socially. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, it does. Hello and welcome to Hour the Hundred Podcast, brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 27 but 28 year old by the time you hear this uh, actor and artist. I like brooding anti-heroes, feminist agendas, and I remember way too many details that no one else cares about. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere, and our fun fact for this episode is going to be, since Carol of the Bells plays this episode, which is like ingrained in my mind about uh, this episode, <laughs> is what's your favorite Christmas carol or your favorite Christmas song? Coincidentally, ca- uh, Carol of the Bells is my favorite Christmas song. Uh-huh. Interesting. I just like it a lot, especially the Pentatonix version, I recommend. Mm. And uh, I also wanted to give an honorable mention. I also really like Wonderful Christmas Time. Ooh, that's a good one. And I love the Leslie Autumn Jr. version of Winter Song. That's All great picks. All great picks. Thanks so much. Yeah, (laughs) I try and like, after after Carol of the Bells, I'm like, let's take a hard left away from carols. (laughs) And um, forgot my entire name. Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Who am I? And my name is Samantha Coley. I'm a 30-year-old news editor at Collider. I love over 40s OTPs and making playlists. I'm on Twitter at Sam Casey's where you can find me yelling about television and fangirling middle-aged actresses. Um, my favorite Christmas song is Easily Someday at Christmas by Stevie Wonder. Ah, uh, yeah. I just love it. A- after that, it gets a bit, like, toss-up-y. But I yeah. will give an honorable mention to the Straight No Chaser is a another acapella group. Uh-huh. And they have a cover of 12 Days at Christmas, of Christmas, which segues... They, they, like, riff on it a lot. It's not, like, a traditional cover of it. Yeah. And then towards the end of the song, they start singing it to the tune of Africa by Toto. Um, and it's yeah. so unexpected. And I it brings me joy because I also love Africa by Toto. So, honorable mention to that one. Yeah. My favorite thing about Wonderful Christmas Time is the fact that, like, you know that... I don't even know what instrument it is, but, like, <laughs> the chorus sounds like a bunny jumping, if that makes sense. It does make sense. The music sounds like a bunny jumping. It does Thanks. make sense, Robin. I also am a huge fan of the fact that your over 40s OTPs and making playlists has jumped from like to love. <laughs> Right. That was fully... I think that's great. (laughs) Fully a verbal accident, but I was like, well, it's true, so... (laughs) It's true, I do, yeah. Yeah. Well, you guys, today we have words to say about episode 206 of The 100, Fog of War. This episode will contain spoilers for all seven seasons of The 100, somehow, probably. (laughs) Yeah, I, I, like, changed the script to this episode May, just because we have to have this conversation (laughs) every single time. But, yeah, who knows? Whoever knows what, uh, what... What will come in our future in the next hour and a half? So true. So the title, uh, you know, Mount Weather, do we make in fog for war and using it as war? Um, <laughs> but fog of war is actually a real thing. It is the uncertainty in situational awareness experienced by participants in military operations. The term seeks to capture the uncertainty regarding one's own capability, adversary capability, and the adversary intent during an engagement operation or campaign. Sounds terrifying, to be honest. Yeah. Like, however, you know, and it, it makes sense that it would be called a, a fog. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is a very fitting title given like the subject matter of mm-hmm. each of the storylines as well. Cause like 
Cain is put on the back foot in his storyline because of the whole thing that Finn did. And then Abby has to like weigh her options with the radio tower once mm-hmm. she gets the information from Raven. And and like the even Bellamy and, and Octavia running into Lincoln is like very yeah. fitting of that description. So uh, I, I will give them points for that. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that it was a real thing until I had looked it up. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and I think a word that when I when I was reading it, I was like, I think a word that's missing from here is like paranoia. All I can mm. think about is like the paranoia that you must feel in in war, like wondering if you could do a good job, if the people are gonna do it, like the people that you're working with are gonna do a good job, and mm-hmm. even if like the people are that you're working with are like actually your friends, or if they're that's a, like yeah. you know that's exactly what the definition gave. But like that's that's sort of how I made it make sense for myself. Is it's just like I feel like I would be so paranoid. Anyway, we all know that I'm not <laughs> fit for war, so whatever. Um, some points about this episode. This is the first time we see Harper in season. Two. Oh wow and and so briefly too if you had asked me i would have said that we had seen her beforehand <laughs> yeah if you had asked me i would have i would have said that we'd already seen her but um apparently it is yeah i didn't remember that um this is also the first time we see lexa lexa's first episode yes and on imdb it said uh though no strict timeline is provided within an episode travel durations between one point and another appear to be within the same day mount weather virginia and the grounders village which is located near the national mall would take at least 19 hours on foot according to <gasps> google so they're just they're they're going real fast they're wearing moon shoes i don't know but they are running <laughs> whatever they are um really hoofing it <laughs> to get there just like the the passage of time has like slid this mountain a lot closer <laughs> yeah for sure to the coast than it would have been uh 100 years before the radioactivity moved ge- the mountain. geography <laughs> Mm-hmm. That's why they landed on the wrong mountain. It moved. Yeah, right. <laughs> They're like, we we aimed for the right mountain. I don't know what happened. Yeah. So we split this episode into three storylines. We have uh, Polis, which is what happens with Kane and Jaha and Lexa. Uh, Mount Weather. So all the stuff that happens inside Mount Weather with Jasper, Monty, Maya, etc. And everything that happens with the team from Camp Jaha. So the Bellamy and Clark stuff. Or sorry, the Bellamy and Octavia stuff, the Finn and Clark stuff, and the Abby and Raven stuff. I put it all in one thing because it's all kind of interconnected. Yeah. Um, so we're going to start with Polis. It's the smallest one. And Sam covered that one. Heck yeah. Why? Because Kane is in it and because Lex is in it? Is that why you picked it? Well, what would what would give that away? <laughs> that I would want the one with my second favorite character and also the lesbian? Who's hmm. to say? Who's to say? Who's to say? Who is? (laughs) Not me. Well, in Polis, Kane is trying to free himself of his little ankle brace. And he's... Which is very Hopper season four Stranger Things, I noticed. So Hopper coded. Um... Except Kane doesn't have the I, the type of uh, stuff that Hopper has because, uh, you know, breaking your own ankle isn't, like, on his list of things to do. Oh, yeah. Right I now. think I think that Hopper has a much more direct route to medical attention than Kane does. So Right. Yes, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> He's like, if only my girlfriend will heal, <laughs> then she would be able to help me. So he's still hanging out down there with Jaha, and um, Jaha, who is weirdly at peace, is like, can you chill? Yeah. And Kane is like, it has been two whole days. We're dying. Since we have had food or water. And like, I personally would struggle after two days without food or water. Absolutely. For sure. But as Jaha immediately points out, they went much longer on the arc. And I feel like this is like, Mm -hmm. two days feels so short for the context of the show that I'm like, he sounds ridiculous. (laughs) I feel like Kane is like, but but I don't have a better couch or a 
soccer game. <laughs> Things are bad. Things are, he's like, my cons list is really. I don't even have a record player here. He's like, it's really adding up. And I he's don't like, like it. This hole is definitely a downgrade from his previous. Uh, from my, from the hatch that I lived in. Previous pit that he lived in. Yeah. I don't have a record player. I don't have a ping pong table. I don't have Our Mutual Friend by Charles Dickens. I don't have any <laughs> of those things. My blender. My exercise Come bike? Come on, man. Yeah. What the heck? My orange <laughs> juice? No, uh, this place sucks. Honestly, zero stars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Scathing Yelp review. <laughs> Jaha says that they went for much longer on the Ark without water or food, mm-hmm. and they still have work to do because Wells told him so. And Kane's like, hmm, that's weird because he's dead. But <laughs> yeah, Kane looks at him like, okay, you've gone off the deep end, man. I don't he, know how to help you. He's like, are you? Good. Yeah. But then a bunch of grounder guards show up and uh, Kane immediately gets to his feet out of like respect. But Ka- Jaha just like stays seated and they're like, oh, you straight chillin'. better get up. And uh-huh. uh, they beat him up and make him stand up. And Kane's like, can we have a pl- please? No. <laughs> That's usually Kane. Yeah. I'm yeah. Gonna... <laughs> it's very that. Please. No. <laughs> um, a young girl comes in with water and like we know now because it has been several yeah. years that this is Lexa. But at the time, as you're watching it, you're like... It was the twist is, of the century. Yeah. This is just some grounder girl. She does not yeah. mean anything in the hierarchy of anything. And this boss-looking uh-uh. guard comes up and is like, Hey, it's weird that you want peace when you are sending people to shoot all my all my people. Uh, that's weird. And they're like, what? Oh, no. And Kane's like, oh, um, I... We... I... That doesn't sound like us. I don't know about this. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the guy tells him, blood must have blood, so he tosses down a knife, and he basically tells them that they have to kill each other, or one has to kill the other, and, uh, he'll hear whoever wins terms of surrender. Yes. Like, I know, like you said, we know that Ale- that Lexa is, uh, is the commander, and, like, I know that Gustus is a huge traitor or whatever and has to be <laughs> taken down by death by a thousand cuts or whatever, but Gustus, great choice for, um, like, commander. Like, fake commander? F- like, the fake one. Yeah. yeah. It's, like, yeah. exactly who we expect to see as the commander. Oh, yeah. And he pulls it off well. Yeah. Um, so he says, good luck, kill each other. And they leave the <laughs> limping water girl in there to watch them and just tell everybody when it's finished. Uh, <laughs> and so Jaha thinks that they want them to turn against each other, but the girl explains that they want justice. And Kane is like, this is so stupid. Why are we even fighting? Ugh. And he like yanks his jacket off. Is this the part where he like angrily, <laughs> yeah. the part where he angrily takes off his jacket like a child? Yeah. It's, it, it, I feel like it's not I'm hot now to be like a temper tantrum, but it fully reads yeah. like a temper tantrum. <laughs> Yeah, because he's also, uh, like, sitting down, too. Yeah, uh, but Jaha introduces himself and Kane to Lexa and asks about uh, the assassin. She tells him that 18 people were murdered, including elders and children. And they're like, yeesh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that does sound bad. I get why you're mad. Right. Kane says they had nothing to do with it. She says that doesn't matter because the commander thinks you do. As it, again, <laughs> they assume that, they, that she means the guy who, like, the knife yeah. at them and we know it's her now yeah if they don't pick up the knife the commander will kill them both so they have to do something uh-huh. jaha wants to think of like another way to solve the problem but lex is like there is no other way would you just murder one of you one of you just make a decision i for some reason all i could think about in the scene was jaha being like no there must be another way and lex is like <laughs> do you want to catch 
Poe not. You know what? That's totally fair. <laughs> I feel like that's it. I feel like up until this point, Kane is the one who's like behaving a little bit recklessly and foolishly. But right yeah. here is when they switch to me. Um, because mm-hmm. Jaha, in front of a person who is part of this culture, says, these people are primitive. You are not talking quietly enough, man. No. He's like, these people are primitive. We should just offer them medicine and technology in exchange for peace. And I'm like- And then they'll kiss our shoes. And Lex is like, I don't like you. Yeah. I already know who I'm going to (laughs) pick. Yeah. It's so, like, ugh. Just that, when he says the word primitive, I'm like, ooh, no. (laughs) I wrote down the word primitive too. And just like, he's like, we should definitely, we should just- definitely like it's totally fine we can we can get away with this and kane's like no the way that we 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 have to listen to their rules which like respect to kane for respecting other cultures i guess (laughs) and like immediately going to like one of us has to make a sacrifice and like they play it here like he's advancing on jaha to to kill Uh jaha because you know he hasn't had food or water for two days Right. And he's that mad about it. Yeah. But then at the last minute, he offers the knife to Jaha and says, you have to kill me. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's immediately obvious that he's like trying to atone for his sins um, and like how guilty he feels about all the decisions that he made on the arc because they thought that the world wasn't survivable and that they were the only people that were left. So he made really harsh, awful decisions that in retrospect make him feel like a terrible person. (laughs) Yeah. So he's like, hey, um, why don't you just kill me instead? And Jaha's like, "Uh, hard pass. No, thank you. Which like, yeah, no. great. Um, I would also not want to kill one of my friends. Yeah. But then Kane's like, Phew. okay, fine, whatever. I'll do it myself. Mm-hmm. And cuts himself. I thought that the line, yeah, the line where he, where Jaha says, you didn't order that massacre. And Kane says, not that one. I felt like yeah. that was a really good line. That is a great line. That was a good point. Because yeah. like, he did order. The culling. Yeah, the culling. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like, and he was going to have, he was going to have done the culling without consent. Like, he was just going to select. Yeah, like, surprise without, yeah, without. It yeah. was, just, it was going to be a, a malfunction. Random. And yeah. it was just going to be a bunch of people and like. Just like what Cage is trying to do. Yeah, exactly, basically. Ooh. And, but instead, Abby is the one that's like, hey, we should give people a choice. And um, then they get a bunch of volunteers. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that I feel like that that's a very good examination of like, of his guilt. Yeah. 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 Um, I think Ian does a really good job at like transitioning over from season one Kane to season two Kane and into oh, the yeah. Kane that we all know and love. Um, I think it's really natural. And I think Ian does a good job. I, I completely agree. Like over the course of like these eight episodes of the, of the first half of the season. Um, it's yeah. it's a really like logical progression of like how he gets yeah. to that point. I also worry so much about this wound that he just did. That's going to be oh, a- infected so fast. It's dirty as hell down here. And then he mm-hmm. just put bandages on top of it. And I'm like, guys, <laughs> you got to clean that or something. I don't know. She's got water, right? Uh, yikes. I, I do think that they have him like tended to uh, mm-hmm. afterward. Cause like she keeps him there to, to like negotiate with him for like yeah. a few days. Yeah. And I, I, I don't remember, I don't remember this wound ever coming like back up either. So yeah, I don't think so yeah. either. They're, they're from space. They heal faster. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Jaha immediately jumps to action and like starts, tries to stop Kane and 
uh, asks for help in like bandaging the wound. But Jaha takes advantage of Lexa's distraction and grabs her and holds her hostage with the knife to her throat, which was like, that's your first, second, and third mistake, my guy. Right. Like, it makes me laugh so much. Kane's, like, on the ground, and he's like, bro, no, that's not the vibe. That is <laughs> yeah. not what we're going for, dude. No. He's like, did you not understand what I was trying to do? Yeah, yeah you did not understand what I was trying to say at all. Mm-mm. And so the guards rush in, and Jaha's like, hey, remove my chains right now. And Kane's like, please, could you just let her go? She didn't do anything. <laughs> She's just an innocent girl, you thought. She's just innocent. Mm-hmm. She tells the guards in Trig that he made his choice, and right before she just arms him, but she, like, throws him down, puts him on the ground. Uh, it's, it just completely humiliates him. And then we see the big reveal that she's the commander, and she puts on the, like, the guard shoulder thing with the cape. Heck yeah. And it's really impressive, and Kane immediately gets it, and is like, oh, you're the commander. And <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and like, I, I respect that he like instantly respects her. Like, and he was always mm-hmm. trying not to like murder her, but yeah, he never like questions her power, I guess, yeah. which I appreciate. Yeah, right. Imagine he, <laughs> he was just like, what? This little girl is the commander? Yeah, like the, the way that he says it is like, that's stupid. Surprise, but it's not surprise yeah. because she's a woman. It's surprise because like right. they bamboozled him. Yeah. And so she says that she learned a lot about him and believes that he means well and genuinely wants peace. He's allowed to go free, but uh, Jaha will be used to send the message. And at the end of this, we're assuming that um, he's straight up going to get murdered. They're killing Jaha. Yeah. Yeah. But as we'll find out at the end of another storyline, he's not. So. Yeah. And Lex is like, you know, blood must have blood, right? So. And like, we just learned this phrase, I believe. Is is this the first time they say it? It didn't say that on the wiki, but I did Anya say it? Oh, Anya Anya or Lincoln may have said it. Yeah, I'm not sure, but yeah. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> so that's the little um, Polis storyline, and then we'll go into Mount Weather. So we have Singh and the Wallaces. She says, hey, it's been three days, and Maya's getting better and better. She might be fixing the radiation herself now. Jasper's blood is eight times more affected than any other, like, outsiders or grounders that we've ever used. She's saying this in front of who again? I, I literally watched it earlier today. Dante and Cage. Okay, that's yeah. what I thought. I was like, just the Wallaces. Yeah. Jaha's, I mean, it's like, Jasper's not here for this conversation. <laughs> no. He, okay. He'd be like, what the heck? <laughs> Great. So Cage is like, wow, is it like a permanent solution? Like she could like straight up survive up there at some point? And she's like, maybe, but like, please let me move forward with the rest. Um, And she calls them the 47 instead of the 48 now because Clark <laughs> bounced. <laughs> and Dante's like, no. No. No, let's not do that. And Cage is like, no, this is a good idea because you, I know that you wanted to assimilate them into the gene pool, but now we have this. And Dante's like, but that's not 100%. I think that it's so baffling in this scene that Dante is like, hey, we can't we we can't treat these these 47 teenagers like animals like we do with those other people. Right. <laughs> yeah, who are animals, obviously. Right. It's uh, the the psychotic juxtaposition of justifying the crimes that they have been doing for over a hundred years and not wanting to do the crimes. Like if I was seeing in, in cage, I would also be like, Hey, um, why now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Only humans come from space. He's They're like, humans, he's, he's like, I'll, I'm fine with caging, you know, grounder people, but I draw the line at people from space. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> 
Right. Seriously? And I'm like, (laughs) all he got was, like, teens also, so I wonder if, like, that might be part of it, Mm. but I don't... I don't think that they, if they caught, like, someone who was younger, if they would, like, send them back out to get, you know? Like, people right. who were, like, fishing and they're like, this one's just a baby. Send it back so we can get larger so we can catch it later. Like, I don't right. feel like they discriminate like that. I, I don't know. I agree because I don't think that the grounder people know what happens to the people who are inside the mountain other than the people right. who come back as reapers. Like they know about the reapers because they've- Right. Oh yeah. So they wouldn't like send people back because then the teens yeah. would be able to tell everybody else what happened. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm pretty sure that like Clark telling Lexa that their people are kept in cages there is the first time that the grounders- outside realize that that's what's happening yeah like they know that people get taken but they don't know what happens to them other than yeah you know what i mean yes yeah so sing is like okay but we'll need less treatments we'll feel better we'll live longer and Dante's like yeah but he volunteered like i'm not gonna put them in cages like animals and i'm like he has to know about the grounders though like there's no way he doesn't he's the leader and maya says that like everybody else knows about it i mean every cage is like keeping this underneath you know i mean sense Maya shows it to Jasper and Monty. To Jasper and Monty. And like there's no way that someone like Maya would know about it if and the literal president wouldn't know about it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Cage and Singh yes, are absolutely. not they're evil and bad, but they're not smart enough to I don't think they're capable of keeping that. Exactly. Away. It's not it's too big of a secret to hide. And so he knows. So like, it's, it's, yeah. Like the part later where he's just like, do you think I'm stupid? Like, imagine if they were like, exactly. I don't know. Everybody's just like fixed now. It yeah. must be magic. I don't know. Like yeah. the, he knows. Mm-hmm. That's why I think it's so unhinged of him to be like, I'm not putting them in cages like animals. And that's also foreshadowing because like, we know that they do get, get put in those cages. Uh huh. Just in, I mean, also away from the fact that, the, that all of these grounders are already in cages and everything. Yep. Right? So it's like. Yeah, it's just so unhinged for him to say that because it's like, okay, but you'll literally put these other people in cages like animals. Like, he's literally, like, putting the subtext out on the floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's very, it's jarring. Yeah. So Cage is like, okay, well, if you can get more people to volunteer, that's awesome. But what if you can't? Like, Dad, you might get to see the outside again. I know how much you love that. And he's like, if I give that order, I won't deserve to see the outside again. <sighs> Dante's likable. I'm like, King, you already don't deserve... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like also like he's so much likable than the other two, which is why it's so like polarizing. Like we talked about this in previous episodes, but like mm-hmm. it's good writing because he's oh, yeah. like a villain, but like he's just on the edge, and so like that's why he it's so hard to like know how to feel about him. That's so that's totally fair. Like he yeah, it's also a great compliment of that actor because he is absolutely able to be doing all these like horrible awful things while also still still having like the audience feel some amount of empathy for yeah him which is like in the early seasons of this show i thought that like that perspective pushing was interesting and mm-hmm. like that if you put yourself in any of the shoes of the people on the show including like villains like this guy or I can't remember the character's name but Ellen Ty from season one. Oh, uh, Diana? She played Ellen in battle. Yes, yes, yes. Like if you put yourself in another person's shoes in this situation, you understand how you understand their villain origin story basically 
because uh-huh. in such horrible conditions, like what do you, how do you not turn into a villain? I guess in some in some cases, yeah. but. As the show went on, I feel like it really, like, just started playing devil's advocate all the time to mm-hmm. a point where it's like, okay, he's the devil. Maybe he doesn't need an advocate. I don't need know. Need an advocate. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Maybe the devil can, devil can advocate for advocate for himself. I don't know. Yeah. Do we need somebody? Yeah. Like, there was a certain point where I was like, okay, maybe, maybe this is too much. Yeah. I don't know. But... It, the the actor does a very good job, basically, is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. And it's, like, very interesting because, like, you know, Mount Weather is evil, mm-hmm. but, like, Sing and Cage are, like, so horrible. And then on the other side, Maya and Dante are out here, like, humanizing the people of Mount Weather mm-hmm. so that you know that they're not all evil so that when they die at the end of the season, then you're, like, still upset even though you know there were evil people there. Exactly. Yeah. So Dante goes to get volunteers and Cage says, oh, don't worry, Sing, like he'll agree eventually. And she's like, what if they don't volunteer? He says, we're going to do it anyway. Like either way, we're doing it. Yeah. It's just interesting how they think they can go above the president. I wonder if Cage. Oh, he's, he's very much like do it now and ask forgiveness since uh, he's saying no. Do you think that if Cage were not Dante's son, that he wouldn't have like the audacity to go and do the things that he does? Um, I think it depends. I think that does give him like more audacity for sure. Yeah. He's like, he'll forgive me. I'm his son. He has to. But like, I also have no, I'm not going to limit the hubris of a white man. You know what I mean? Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yes. Yes. Like I, I have no doubt in my mind that most of them are capable of just doing whatever they want um, and then yeah. thinking about it later, you know? Yeah. And and like, it's the yes. bare minimum if they even think about it later, you know what I mean? Yes, yeah. So Jasper's walking around, he's getting gifts from all the Mount Weather people and Dante shows up and he's like, oh my God, wow. <laughs> I guess everyone thinks you're amazing and appreciates you so much. And you know what? This is genius because Jasper is extremely motivated by people liking him and making him feel like a hero. This really works for him. He really is. And like, I was relatable king yeah (laughs) yeah for sure but like jasper is the exact person to to pull this oh for sure crap on because he is like extremely interested in being a hero Mm -hmm. so jasper's like oh you know it's just what anyone would do and dante's like oh really what anyone you you feel like anybody would do that okay that's wild so now you've learned (laughs) that we're not perfectly safe you know matt weather was not supposed to last this long so like breaches happen sometimes and we have some methods but they're not even close to as good as what you did and jasper's like okay well i mean i can't do it for everyone i only have so much blood sir and (laughs) dante's like oh yeah no worries but hey if you get your friends to that would be great okay let me know and jasper's like okay Here's like a sign up sheet, and Jasper's like, Yeah. Oh boy, okay. You were ready for this, huh? Did you get some volunteers? <laughs> yeah. So Jasper goes and he tries to convince everybody else, and he's like, They helped us. They saved Miller's life. They gave me presents. Don't you guys want presents? And Miller's like, Yeah, but you puked for three days. Like, I don't want to do that. He's like, No chocolate cake is that good. <laughs> right. Like, if I can't say the same 
I think that if I knew I was going to like save a bunch of people, I might do it if all I'm doing is puking for three days. Like I feel like puking for three days isn't actually that bad Mm -hmm. to like save a bunch of people's lives. I don't know. I guess it depends because like, I don't know. Miller probably doesn't trust these people 100% yet either, right? So it's like Jasper trusts them 100% or at least he trusted Maya 100%. So that's why he did it. But like, yeah, yeah, I can't speak for my, I I guess. Yeah. Anyway, that's, that's my thought on it. Yeah, no, I totally get that. I... I'm like, if I was, if it was just being a little queasy and like not feeling well for a few days, I would probably agree with you. But I, I do think that I would also be a little sus given that Clark just disappeared. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I guess I would be in Miller's shoes, but not for the same reasons that, that uh, right. I'm that Miller is in his shoes. Yeah. At least not the ones that he's saying out loud. Right. So Jasper's like, yeah, but Maya was really sick. So like actually normal treatment would be, treatments would be better though. And Miller's like, okay, only one day of puking? Still no. And I was like, that's even better. I would do three <laughs> days of puking to save people, to save a bunch of people's lives. One day of puking, no problem. Mm-hmm. And so Harper says she's also out. Uh, Jasper's like, but my sign-up sheet is empty. <laughs> so Monty's like, why are you working for them? Whatever, let's go after Clark. And then, oh, never mind, Maya's here at the worst possible time ever again. <laughs> Classic Maya. Her timing is incredible. <laughs> yeah, and she holds up a notepad that says, act normal, they're listening, the, like the breach wasn't an accident. So this is 100% a lost reference. Oh, Yeah. Like, I guarantee, near the beginning of season three, Juliet puts on, like, a VHS video for Jack saying, oh, oh here, right. just watch a movie. But it's her holding up signs that says, like, don't trust the people I'm working with and stuff like that. I guarantee this is a lost reference. And I love that. So it says, follow me. And she's like, oh, hey, <laughs> we have pizza. Do you guys want to come? And... You can tell that, like, Maya herself is, like, not a very good actor. She's like, hey, guys. <laughs> hey, pizza. Woo-hoo. Hey, let's go. <laughs> Yeah, the the character is a is not a very good actor, but the actress is a good yeah. actor because Eve Harlow's good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's it's very much like I am extremely nervous that I'm going to get murdered for this, um, but I also yeah. think I need to tell you. Yes, I almost got murdered earlier, and so what else can happen? Right. So they get to a private place, and we have the Eve Harlow Canadian check, um, and she <laughs> says sorry. She says sorry, guys. <laughs> Amazing! I um, totally missed that. Yeah. And so Monty says, oh, so they did that to you on purpose to get Jasper to do that. Okay, so Clark was right. Um, Jasper asks if Maya knew about it. And she's like, no. She's like, yeah, yeah, I put myself up to almost die Right. No, I did not know about it. She says, standard treatment sucks compared to your blood. And Maya shows them the caged grounders. And she says that she's showing them because she's afraid that they're going to be next. Which is, like, fantastic, like, moment for the show. Mm-hmm. It's, a like, the your next moment is you're just like, <gasps> it's very good. Yeah. So she says, everyone knows about it, but no one ever talks about it. And we would just die without the treatment. So what are we supposed to do? And Monty says, you die. <laughs> And like it's very um the yeah. that meme of like just Obama's eyes that then perish then perish yeah yeah I feel like it's 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 easy for Monty to say that and I do believe that Monty believes that mm-hmm. but I feel like I don't know if this is true actually but I'm just sort of thinking through it Clark cares so much about her people that like it feel I mean she kills all the people of Mount Weather to save her people you know what I mean like, yeah. I don't know. I feel, and I don't know if they would be this like bad about it. Like it's deeply morally upsetting that we're doing this, but I've seen Clark do almost as morally upsetting things as this to save her people. You know what I mean? As like the, the drought draining the grounders and stuff like comparatively. Well, I mean, that's like 
worse, but I just feel like yeah. Clark always does stuff to, like, save her people and oh, stuff, yeah. so it's, like, easy for Monty to be like, then you die. And I feel like if it was Monty making this the decision, he would be like, then you die. We all have to die. We can't do this to people. I mm-hmm. just feel like there are people in leadership positions with Sky Crew who have done... Oh, for sure. Not worse, but, like, similar. I completely... I So, yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. I think that it speaks to Monty's innocence of those crimes. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, it, as in that he fully just didn't know about it because the leaders of Sky Crew were better at hiding the, the horrible, awful things that they did. Because, like, yeah. like, with... Like we said earlier with Kane planning to just like section 17 everybody. Right. They were going to make that look like a mistake. So like what other things did they choose to do up there that like. That everyone thought was a mistake. The citizens of the Ark did not know about. Yeah. Yeah. And I I noticed that like Monty being so antagonistic against Maya in a lot of ways in these early episodes is probably what allows Jasper to like blame Monty for all of it in season three. Like, yes, Monty was there and helped them, like, pull the lever and everything, but also, like, Jasper is able to sort of make it make sense in his head that Monty wanted them all to die because he seems to hate them all so much, especially Mm -hmm. Maya, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. So they're like, let's go. He said that we were allowed to leave. And Jasper's like, no, like, he knew that we'd be too scared. There's no way he's actually wanting to let us leave. And Monty's like, then we're just gonna go. And Maya's like, you won't be able to because security's way up since Clark left. Like, you won't be able to get out. And Mm -hmm. Jasper doesn't want to leave the others behind anyway, so I think what we need to do is actually volunteer just start a revolution maybe i don't know and he makes it happen so a Mm -hmm. bunch of them are there donating blood and dr singh is like you're good to go monty anesthetic soon so you won't feel anything and monty says that he's so high that he doesn't care about the giant needle in his neck and he says it's six inches is that a hyperbole i don't think so is that a hyperbole oh my god i don't think so okay you know what miller i get you but it's not about the puking (laughs) thing it's about the six inch needle in my neck yeah like i I've given blood like several times. Yeah. But it never goes that deep. So it's like yeah. jarring to hear six inches. Yeah. And like, why does it have to go in my neck? Why can't it go in my arm? You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> Faster, I guess. Like what? What? I don't know. I'm just like, listen, I'll volunteer, but you got to pick a different spot. I'm not doing that. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and also you can see Keenan next to him. Keenan being the girl who did the like um, tour at the beginning of the season. Oh. And that foreshadows them testing if she can survive. Yeah. I think that's next episode. If not soon, where they like push her out. It's like the cold open of the episode where they push her out. No, I, I absolutely. Yeah, I totally think you're right. And she gets irradiated. Yep. Yeah. Um, I fully did not clock her like sitting next to him. Yeah. But as soon as you said that she was next to him, I was like, oh yeah, that's the girl they kill. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Dante's like, oh my God, Jasper, thank you so much. And Jasper's like, well, more will come because you saved us. So we should help save you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Jasper, a much better actor than Maya. Right. And so Dante goes in to talk to Sing and Cage again. And he's like, you see, you should have faith in people. And she's like, I hope they're all compliant or else. And she <laughs> Cage goes, don't worry. She just doesn't like admitting she's wrong. And I'm like, how do you know that? When did you date? <laughs> when, what, what happened and when? I would like to know. It's, uh, I don't think it's past tense, Robin. I think it is actively right. oh. frenemies with benefits. Oh yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. And then it's just like, but I, but on uh, outside closed doors, I hate you. Yeah, exactly. And like, actually inside closed doors, I hate you. Yeah, they they absolutely cannot stand each other. They're also actively sleeping together. 
Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. I'm glad that we both agree. Yeah. Um, so Cage is like, but hey, we're getting the best treatment just because you asked nicely. What a great guy you are, dad. And then Dante <laughs> does this like sinister sort of like grabbing of him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm not an idiot. You were obviously behind the breach. And he's like, what? No. <laughs> Why would you think that? What I think is really interesting about this moment is that like, if I think that Cage plays this in a really interesting way, like mm-hmm. not a way that I would think to play it. Like instead of playing it as like, I'm scared because the president is yelling at me. He's like playing it in like a confused sort of like annoyed way, which I think is just not a way that I would think to play it if I got that script. Interesting. I I feel like it makes sense. Like earlier you asked me if he would be so bold if he was not his son. I think this is yeah. more of a father-son reaction than a... For sure. Like, you know, colleague reaction. Yeah. And the way that he reacts is very like, I thought you'd be proud of me. Mm. You know? like Right. Yeah, for sure. And I, I just feel like there must have been a point where they were on the same page. And like, he, yeah. I mean, Cage doesn't become the horrible person that he is without being raised in the way that he was, which, yeah, you know, you assume Dante is guilty of in- ingraining these sorts of compromises and values in him. And like, it's yeah. one of those things that like, I feel like a lot of parents probably experience which is like, I don't know where I messed up so badly because like, yeah, clearly he did, but like, yeah, when, you know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. And like, I can't remember what Dante said about his father, but it was something about how like his father was really like, like he accidentally let people out and then like it killed a bunch of people, including like his mom and his sister or something, I think mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. And yeah. like, so clearly like seeing his own dad go through that was like, meaningful to him and like made Dante a more like empathetic person mm-hmm. and so like yeah the way that he raised Cage I guess was too far into um like privilege mm. and stuff like that yeah that is what he's guilty for yeah yeah so he's like I love you Cage and there's been a President Wallace since the bombs went off and I'm like sounds like a monarchy and yep. they're like but if I find out it was you you will not be the next president and I'm like Oop. okay well more foreshadowing <laughs> Because you're all going to be dead yeah. um, before there's another president. You're not going to have a next president. Yeah. So back in the dorms, uh, Jasper, Miller, Monty, and Harper are sitting. And Jasper turns up the music so that they can talk. Fun fact, the song that Jasper says he loves so much is Confession by D'Artagnan. Um, Christopher Larkin's band. Oh my god! That's, that's a, like, it's cool that his song made it, but it's very trippy. <laughs> it's, like, very meta. I had no idea. Uh, that's amazing. Yeah. I feel like there should have been more smoke oh. for that at the time. Yeah. Right, I agree. I don't, I didn't know that until I read that on the wiki. That's so cool. Yeah. So Jasper's like, okay, I bought some time, but we need to recruit others that we trust. Um, Miller asks how much time and Monty says enough for Clark to save us. Harper asks if Clark is even alive and they're like, I hope so. And Miller says, she better hurry up. Damn. Like we, we better get going. Yeah. It's very, it's, I'm like, it's a bold move to just hinge all of your faith on Clark. Like it's warranted because that is her sole priority right now is finding them and freeing them. But I don't think that that would be an acceptable answer to me if I had asked Jasper the question. I would have been like, yeah, okay, so I'm formulating a backup plan uh, as we speak. (laughs) Yeah. Before we move into the last larger storyline. I'll talk to you guys about Patreon real quick. Patreon is a service in which you can donate to some of your favorite creators. Our Patreon, patreon.com slash theaficionados. We got some pretty cool 
uh, tiers that you can join. Um, it is a monthly donation. A dollar a month gets you early access to every single podcast. This one comes out a whole week in advance and Riverdale's about to start back up. So um, those are going to come out weekly. Uh, $2 is our Discord server. $5 is 10% off at three different small businesses. And the $10 level is our Patreon only podcast, um, which I have so much fun recording every two weeks. So go check that out. I also just recently enabled a free trial. So you can get a month long free trial at the $1 level if you like. If you can't help us out on Patreon, check out the small businesses. They're all in the description. And if not, just recommend us to a friend. That's free. And I really appreciate it. Thanks. Now for the whole team that happens in Camp Jaha. (laughs) So two days later, back at camp, Bellamy and Clark are checking out like the vibe of the Mount Weather Tunnels using the map that Clark stole. And they say it's all connected to the mine system. Um, Bellamy says, but we have to get past the Reapers and the Mountain Men. And I loved that line because it sort of felt a little bit like video gamey. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, to get through the mine, we have to get through the Reapers and the Mountain Men. It was just very, I was like, like, this would actually be kind of fun. Okay, I know my tasks. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yes, exactly. Right. And, And then... And along the way, I will meet an NPC that will give me a quest that I need to do instead. (laughs) So they're like, he's like, if Abby doesn't sanction this soon, I'm just going to go in by myself. And she's like, no, you won't be by yourself. I'll be going with you. And it's like a very, it's a little Bellark moment. Mm -hmm. It's a little crumb. And that's when Finn shows up and, you know, you're just like, clearly the Flark has flown the coop and the Flark is gone. Yeah. Oh God. It's so awkward. So he shows up and the vibe absolutely dampens. And... She, she says, I haven't even straight up spoken to him since uh, we got back. And Bellamy's like, well, you know, we've all done war things. I know. I was, I was like, yeah, but like during battle. I literally wrote down, but not Bellamy trying to justify his mass shooting. Like Bellamy, right. I, th- I didn't like the first time I watched the show. I didn't like Bellamy at all in season one and yeah. season yeah. four or season two, episode four that we like just recently covered. I think I said in that yeah. pod was like the first time I was like, oh, I actually, I actually like yeah. him. And this point I was like, oh, there's that old Bellamy coming back. Just justifying <laughs> right. just heinous crimes. Well, I think it's so weird too, because yeah. like literally like, I think it was 204 that we just talked about where he was just like, we shouldn't kill this Delano guy. Like we shouldn't kill him. That would be an execution and we're not in war right now. Right. Mm-hmm. And now he's just like, well, we all do war things. Everybody does crimes, Clark. Yeah, yeah, come on. So Finn is like, hey, and Bellamy immediately leaves. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, I'm very awkward. Like, Finn is like, I'm so upset because everybody hates me. I'm like, I would also leave. (laughs) Yeah, well, Finn is like, nobody will look at me and everyone thinks I'm evil and stuff. And I'm like, I wonder why. E.G., what would do that? He's like, it feels like all there are consequences to my actions socially. I'm like, yeah, it does. So Finn's like, what's the plan? And she's like, uh, working on it still. And, uh, we don't really want to invite you anyway. Yeah. (laughs) And then Murphy is here now. And, you know, it sort of feels like Murphy is like not understanding the vibe and he's like sort of making it awkward. But I Uh actually think that Murphy saw Finn and Clark and was like, you know what? I got to break this up. I know Clark doesn't (laughs) want to be part of this conversation. And he was actually doing her a solid, in my opinion. I so like that that recontextualizing of it because I also was like, Murphy not being able to read a room at all. He just like sits down and he's like. Right. But then Finn immediately leaves and he's like, you're welcome. (laughs) Yeah. That, I like that reframing of it. So he shows up and he's like, hey, got Monty's alcohol still from the dropship. If only we could get Monty, lol. <laughs> I, just, I just think that he thinks of jokes and needs someone to tell them to. Oh, 100%. I just think he does. 100%. He's like, I thought of this and no one will listen to me. So this is funny, right? <laughs> 
And it, also we've been pardoned. And Finn's like, we did what we had to do. And I'm like, literally, no, you didn't. You didn't need to do that. No, you literally, no, at no point did you have to do that. Like, no, like, okay. Like you did what you had to do as in like you went to that town and you looked around. <laughs> that was literally all you had to do, I think. That was yeah. it. And then, you know, you could have just left and it would have been exactly the same. Like, and then you did a bit more. As if all of this terrible stuff happened. That you didn't yeah. have to do. Bit too much. So Finn leaves and Murphy's like, woof, you're welcome. And Clark's <laughs> like, well, I haven't pardoned you. And Murphy's like, okay. Murphy's like, I'm just freaking sitting here, man. Yeah, okay then. And so Raven shows up and tells him to leave and he's like, okay. <laughs> so he just leaves. It's fantastic, fantastic work from Murphy. Literally the only thing he does this episode and uh, <laughs> I just love it. So Raven says, hey, turns out Mount Weather has been jamming us and that's why we haven't heard from any other station. So Raven takes her to show and it's the same signal Monty heard in the black box of the Exodus ship and Clark's like, so Mount Weather crashed the ship. So which ship is she talking about? The one that like Abby was on? No, the one- Abby and Kane were on? No, the one that- um. Diana was on. The one that Diana stole. Oh, okay. I am glad you knew that because I was like, I have no idea which ship we're talking about. Oh, trust me. I have, uh... There are so many ships. I have, like, thought about that concept a lot at the time for some reason. Okay, it's perfect. such a small detail, like, when they mention it, but it's also, like... Yeah. I don't know why. I That was, like, something that was very popular in, like, thick at the time, I feel like. Oh, cool. Or it just stuck in my brain. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? So Raven's like, I can't get around it, but I can stop it if we can get to the tower. So then Abby shows up and she's like, you're not going anywhere. <laughs> and, uh, you know, before Raven and uh, Clark left, you can see Major Byrne like listening and like seeing what they're doing. And so clearly she like went to go get Abby and brought her. I'm like, you're such a snitch. <laughs> Major Byrne is such a narc. Just fully ratting him out. She fully yeah. is. Like, I, and I know that you guys feel the same way too. We love a team adults, you know? Uh-huh. We love an older woman who's yeah. in a leadership position. I think that's great. But Major Byrne, why are you so annoying? <laughs> We're trying to like you. Why are you such a snitch? Right. So Abby's like, you're not soldiers and you put us at risk by pretending that you are. And Raven's like, but what about all of the stations? And Clark's like, yes, more guards, which is what we need, which is what you told me that we need. Byrne says, well, we need everyone for the potential retaliation for the crap that Finn pulled and they're like we won't rest till our friends are safe and Abby's like okay I'm gonna come with you and I don't know maybe Kane's doing a good job and Major Burn's like maybe he's dead and they're about to attack and I'm like Major Burn hey you're being a bummer right now yeah just a real vibe killer across the board I, let's go why don't you go away uh <laughs> listen you guys get back and everything's fine so chill I do appreciate that um that Abby like gives some ground here that she's like okay mm -hmm. I'm not going to risk losing you again so so you can do this. Mm -hmm. I just also want to be there. It's very like mom yeah. lets you go on a field trip, but she volunteers to be a chaperone yeah. kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. So like, I get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's good. So she's like, okay, well, let's go get more guards then. And Clark's like, fab, we'll do it. So they head out and it's Octavia, Finn, Clark, Raven, Bellamy, Abby, and like some guards, mm -hmm. um, including Scott, who becomes important later um, and then immediately dies. And <laughs> Octavia can't believe that Finn was allowed to come. And Bellamy says he's our best tracker. So he, I guess he did that in season one, didn't he? Did a bunch of tracking, knew lots of earth skills. That sounds familiar to me. Yeah, that sounds right. I don't feel like it was like wildly focused on very much, but I do. Right. It's like it happened enough that was like, yeah, that's what they've got. I guess. Yeah. And I feel like Wells was a good one too, but then um, he's obviously dead. So I think that maybe it's that of the people left. 
He's the best tracker. Mm-hmm. Yes, like there's yeah. no other person, I guess, from the hundred with them besides like this small handful of people. Right. And I guess like most of the trackers would be in like farm station actually, or something. Cause like you're telling me there's no adult that we'd be better at it than him. Actually, I feel like this is, it feels like an excuse at this point. Cause like mm. would not Octavia who has like been out here on her own and right. been across enemy lines, would she not know like a lot? You know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah. It's definitely like, we need Finn to come and have an emotional breakdown with Clark. Yeah, we we need a reason to justify bringing this psychopath murderer on our little (laughs) field trip so that he can get trapped with you and be forced to have a conversation. In a really stinky bunker. Ugh, gross. Like, they stay in there for so long. And, like, Mm -hmm. they start by being like, ew, it smells bad in here. But then they just, like, I don't know, get used to it. Noseblind. I don't know. Gross. Doesn't it smell bad because there's a dead body in there? Yes! Like, horrible. Yeah. So Bellamy's like, also remember to watch the trees because that's how Mbege died. And I was like, oh my God, I love an Mbege callback. I love that. Great. I wish Murphy was here to hear it. So Abby says that Clark was right to have them bring some guards. Clark thanks Abby for voting to clear Finn. And she says, well, he thought that he was rescuing his friends. So he's chill. But can he clear himself? <laughs> and I'm like, oh boy. Like, it's it's honestly wrong of Abby to clear Finn. Like, they should have probably kept him in jail. Like, he still should be like manslaughter or something. Like Yeah, like, I feel like this is a bit of a, of a blinder situation with like, he yeah. thought he was rescuing you in Clark so it's fine because I would have also killed a bunch of yeah. people to rescue Clark you know what I mean I'm like yeah no I'm with you and I feel like it's like not like the Mount Weather stuff for sure and like I don't want to put this on Abby or anything but I also sort of feel like you know since they're grounders and since they're not members of Sky Crew then he's not being as exactly punished as he would be if it was like members of Sky Crew I completely I, I think that's absolutely a factor and it's yeah. I think it's hypocritical I'm like no this yeah. man should be in jail because they're still people. Yeah. And like elders and children, like, right. So Raven's looking through the binoculars and she sees the radio tower. Clark says it's almost dark, so then they won't be able to see any traps, so they should probably just go in tomorrow. That's when Abby notices that Bellamy and Octavia aren't there and immediately knows that it was Clark's idea for them to like mm-hmm. go off and do something else. And Clark's like, what? They went to find, an, find a way in. And she's like, that's not what the mission is about. And she goes, it is for them. And like, all right. I'm, so there they go. And like, Abby is offering like middle ground here and Clark is giving nothing. And like, I guess that's a very like- It's true. She's just like, cool. So you did what I needed. Yeah. And I guess that's a very like teenage girl thing to do, but it's also like Mm -hmm. disappointing, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I always expect more maturity from Clark than I get. Yeah, that's right. Well, Abby, yeah. Abby's trying to find a compromise and Clark just like takes, takes a mile when she's offering an inch, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Or whatever the phrase is. (laughs) (laughs) So Abby tells the guards to go find them and Finn wants to go too, but they're like, no, stay. And he's like, why? So you can watch me? If you did that, you'd have to be able to look at me. And you're like, ooh. Ugh. And so he drops the gun and walks off to go have a tantrum about it. It's so... I'm sorry. Like, he's acting like they're so out of line for treating him this way. But dude, you're a bad person who killed innocent people. Like, I don't know why he seems to think that he's being wronged here. Yeah. Like, he thinks that everybody is being so mean to him, even though all he did was just murder a bunch of people. Like, what? Yeah. I mean, I guess it's it's very in line. What are you doing? With, like, what it makes 
makes me think of, which is like, you know, people who go crazy and just shoot innocent people for no reason. Yeah. In reality. And it's it's very much that kind of reaction. Like he's behaving like a school shooter and mm. it's deeply uncomfortable to watch. Yeah. And so Clark goes to follow him because, you know, they are kind of keeping an eye on him. And <laughs> Finn turns around and says it was an accident. And it deeply was not an accident, clearly. No. But this is actually a blooper. Oh, really? So it said, that, yeah, the scene where Finn says it was an accident wasn't a reference to the massacre. It was actually a reference to Raven. In a deleted scene, Finn pulled away from Raven and she fell down because she only has one good leg. Jason and the editors removed the scene for various reasons. However, they forgot to edit out Finn's line. <gasps> so it makes him just sound even more weird and unhinged. <laughs> Being like, well, I accidentally killed a bunch of people. Right. Ooh. Yeah. Yikes. It was just like a really... That's uncomfortable. Really bad editing. And I'm like... It's bad editing. Don't we watch the episode? Like, yeah, as like a showrunner and as the editors and as like the, like, like, do you not watch the episode 15 billion times? Well, see, I... Before it goes out? I understand... As a person who's just editing it, I maybe understand not thinking that that was a direct like like if I'm not yeah. I don't know if the oh, person sure. who's editing like is looking at the script while they're doing it I I would love to research this job more thoroughly than now that I'm talking about it yeah but I I wonder if that was like an their interpretation of like what would be a more meaningful episode you know what I mean oh, or yeah. uh-huh. just like just giving him that full villain arc if they know they're gonna kill him in a couple episodes you know what I mean yeah and I guess like how then do you edit it to make to make that scene anything if because, like, we need to have the acid fog start coming toward them. Mm-hmm. So, like, if Clark literally just, like, walks up and Finn turns around and there's acid fog, that's, like, weirder than him, like, saying something to her and then there's acid fog. Right. So, yeah, it's just, like, unfortunate all around, I think. Mm-hmm. So, the acid fog comes and Clark radios to tell Abby to use the tent, um, but Clark doesn't have her tent, so Finn says they'll go find, like, the bunker. And is this not the bunker that they, like, slept together in in season one? Oh, yeah, it definitely is. As this was Awkward. happening... I couldn't remember if they ended up in the bunker or in that truck that they ended up in the first time we yeah. got the acid fog. Yeah. But no, it's clearly just, it's clearly the bunker and it's the one they yeah. slept in and the one he killed that guy in. And it's, it's, this is a loaded bunker. Yeah. The bunker is like, listen, man, uh, this is a lot for me. <laughs> I've seen some things. Yeah. So Bellamy and Octavia are looking around. Bellamy says they're looking for ruins. Um, The guard finds them and he's like, yo, Blakes, let's come back. And Bellamy's like, uh, no. <laughs> And yeah. Sergeant Scott goes, I'm going to make you. And Bellamy goes, no, you're not. 47 people are prisoners here and we want to save them. And you guys just want to find more stations. So we have different goals. <laughs> I think that it's hilarious in this story, like this part of this storyline. Abby's whole initial purpose for this mission was to bring down the radio tower or whatever so that they can get more guards. And in this episode, we lose at least three guards who just- At least three, yeah. Like, all straight up get murdered uh-huh. via acid fog or otherwise in this storyline. And I yeah. just love it. This was not only counterproductive because you had a separate mission, but it was counterproductive because we <laughs> literally worked in opposite favor of the reason we actually yeah. came here for. We're in the red on guards. Here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So they see all the insects running away and that is so many insects. Like, I think if that happened to me and I was there, I would immediately throw up. Oh yeah, same. Like that's so many bugs. I completely agree with you. And I'm glad that 
Yeah. I'm glad my screen was small enough as I was rewatching today that I was like, it could be mice. It could be mice. Yeah. I'm just going to pretend um, it is. Because yeah. for some reason, they're that's fuzzy. less gross to me. Yeah. Oh, they're little fuzzy guys. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Just a fuzzy little guy. Not thousands and thousands of cockroaches. And tiny, just like pokey legs. <laughs> no, thanks. So Octavia runs and finds some ruins and she follows the bugs because they clearly know what's up. I'm sure this happens in this area. Uh, and so she goes and she finds the ruins. They get it open. And the guard that isn't Scott dies like in the acid fog. So there's like, yeah. thinking like that that makes me think Octavia was just, because anything Vin can do, Octavia could do better. You know what I mean? Heck yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I'm like, you know what, man? That's what you get for not having a name. Sorry. <laughs> we don't have one. So there you go. I did want to say that I really love the detail that the door that they get open is one of our like straight up normal push doors yeah. like, with the bar that you push to unlatch mm-hmm. it like it looks like the door to a parking garage and i think my, that's really cool my note on this spot is that i'm really disappointed that the show didn't explore stuff like this more often i understand mm-hmm. it's probably a budget constraint issue because like this show was made on yeah. a cw so it's yeah. easier to just shoot in the woods than to yeah. build a set that you're not gonna have for more than a day yeah but i really wish that we we had seen more like remnants of life a hundred years before. Cause I feel like mm-hmm. the, you could like fudge it away with radiation, etc., And like how that has an influence on the, the rate of decline or whatever. But I feel like there would just be more stuff. And like, we get a yeah. little bit of it in the, like the cold open, I think of like what Clark goes through in, at the beginning of season five, um, which yeah. I like. I just wish they had done stuff. I really, like you said, when they opened the door, like recognizing that, type of door and then like seeing the cars back there. I was like, yeah, I wish that we had seen more anachronisms in the show. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, The Last of Us is so popular right now and, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm enjoying it a lot. And that's what's cool. I mean, it's only 20 years since like the world ended or whatever. Yeah. But, and and not to radiation, to a different thing, obviously. But um, (laughs) it's just cooler. I know it's on HBO, but still. (laughs) Yeah. And they pay. They just do such cool dystopian stuff. This is one of the most expensive shows ever, but like. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. like, I, I agree with you. Like, it's cool to to recognize places in yeah. apocalypse shows. It's, it's always nice. So I wish we'd seen more of Especially it. for me, because they shoot in Canmore, and I say, hey, I've been there. <laughs> exactly. Literally, literally, I've been there. And, I mean, the 100 shot in Vancouver, where I previously lived and you currently live. So yeah, cool like, stuff. I've also been there. <laughs> Yeah. So Clark and Finn get to the bunker and Clark sees Delano's body and Finn just like goes up and covers it and is like, oh, I'm embarrassed by my actions. Like, I just think it's so funny the way that he's like behind her and then he's just like, oopsie, I forgot this was here. Oops. And goes and like gets a tarp or whatever. I didn't mean to leave my, I didn't mean to leave my dead body out. Like, what? Oops. Embarrassing. And before I even like saw Clark sort of like cover her nose, I had written the note like it must smell so rank in there. Mm -hmm. So bad. I can't believe that they, I mean, they have to too so that you don't die by acid fog but like I can't imagine having to stay in there gross Abby and Raven clearly got their tent set up and Abby's trying to radio Clark Raven says that even their short range is messed up now because they're so close to the radio tower Uh, but Raven says it's okay because Clark and Finn know the woods and she has a lot of confidence 
confidence be- <laughs> considering the fact <laughs> like I think that Abby has like good reason to be worried about it because like she says Finn doesn't even or Clark doesn't even have her tent so mm-hmm. um, I just think Raven is like yeah it's fine <laughs> I like that's that's confidence right I feel like here in contrast sort of with Jasper and like his bold faith in Clark I feel mm-hmm. like Jasper's is a little more unfounded than Raven because Jasper genuinely mm. believes it and Raven I feel like is saying it because she knows Abby needs to hear it oh sure yeah, yeah like that's a good point. like she I've, I feel like she knows that Clark is resourceful and there's like a 90% chance that she's completely fine but even if she doesn't fully believe it to that that extent she knows that Abby will be insufferable if she doesn't hear that yeah it's not gonna be helpful for her to yeah say what so, she's actually feeling yeah exactly so she needs to just be like Clark's totally fine this is totally fine I know how to read you let's focus on something else <laughs> We're good. Yeah. So Raven fiddles with the radio and she finds something. She knows that every frequency is jammed except for one. And so she's like, I'm going to crack it and then we'll listen in on Mount Weather. And she says, crack the encryption. And Abby's like, Raven, say it in English. What does that mean? And I'm like, (laughs) dude. You're a doctor, man. You don't know what crack the encryption means. See, this is where that's just weird. I like this isn't one of those times where I'm like, oh, so you guys just needed someone to have the idiot ball so that you could explain exactly. it to the audience. And it's like annoying because like you could just also just explain it. Like Yeah. You don't have to have someone look like an idiot being like, What is crack the encryption? You right. were you not like in it on the arc, like in the um in the room where it happens, where they had all of it. Like, like, dude. Exactly. And you created the wristbands, man. You created the wristbands. Exactly. She made the wristbands. Like, she is the highest trained doctor, like, of their society. Like, she, like hacks into the broadcast system on the arc and like plays the video of Jake like when they yeah. when he, she's convincing it like I don't believe that she doesn't know it I don't buy it it would have been so easy for her literally to just be like well how are you gonna do that exactly and then she'd just say the exact same thing but yeah okay it's it's weak writing <laughs> yeah I agree so they're in the parking garage they're searching the tunnels which I so I guess this parking garage sort of attaches to the reaper tunnels mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Bellamy's like, okay, well, since we're here, haha, let's look for a way in. And um, so Scott gives him a gun and they're like, we're going to meet back up in 15 minutes. I'm definitely not going to be dead by then. <laughs> On IMDb, it was pointed out, it's an uh, actually moment. When Lincoln is found in the underground car park, all the vehicle tires are still pressurized, even though it's been 97 years. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, great catch. Yeah. That's the thing is that I feel like if, so on our Stranger Things podcast, we have a segment called, uh, actually, where like a million people who are like obsessed with the 80s or whatever. (laughs) put on IMDb all of the like things that they did like oh you used the wrong microphone cable because this was not done until the 2000s and like oh chill (laughs) but I feel like if we had done the things that you're saying where where we had like gone to more like places that we would have recognized I'm not Mm -hmm. saying I would I would be complaining but there would be more people complaining (laughs) on IMDb (laughs) being like actually this things happens over time and radiation you know right would have been fun though so back to Clark and Finn Finn's like Clark stop worrying about your friends and family (laughs) stop (laughs) can you just like chill (laughs) yeah like calm down like clark's like i can say the same thing about you uh, but stop acting like you didn't just commit mass murder literally you're going to hell man like yeah so he's like you're looking at me like i'm the enemy and she's like 
no. And he's like, well, you're not looking at me like you used to. And she's like, girl. Yeah, probably because you're a murderer now. I am gonna look at you differently because I didn't know you were capable of such heinous things. <laughs> I don't know how many times we get, like, like it, we are absolute broken records being like, it's because you're a murderer, Finn. But I feel like <laughs> he's acting like, a, like, he's the one who's weird about it, you know? Yeah. And so he's like, I wanted to give you something at the right moment, but it doesn't feel like I'm gonna get that right moment. So here's your freaking watch. It's so childish. And she's like, oh, where was it? He's like, it was around this dude's neck. On the dead guy. And so it's like, it's not her fault because it was on Finn, but like it's another person that Clark is going to feel responsible for the death of. Like I know Mm -hmm. that that Clark feels responsible for that like assassination and oh for sure whatever they called it in the polis storyline mm-hmm. um because finn was doing it in her name mm-hmm. you know so that's sad for her because i know it was not her choice to do any of these things and like clark has plenty of things to feel guilty for but like yeah. that one's just extra complicated you know yeah yeah so raven's working on the frequency and abby's like why is this taking so long and she's like hey you try it man also like do we not have like all the time in the world waiting for this fog to go away also i mean i feel like that's a um mom instinct of like yeah i can't make the fog go away faster so can i make you work faster like it's it's stupid but it's again an idiot ball situation something needs to happen i'm bored yeah yeah so she gets it she fixes it and the radio is asking about like the veil and everything and it sounds like it could be cage voice I think uh-huh so I feel like we can also sort of put like the the crashing of the exodus ship on cage as well like all of these sort of things that are happening about the outside world it sort of feels like a cage thing yeah so they're saying wow the the fog is a weapon of theirs like they attacked us with it and every time someone dies it's because they employed it it's not something of like this irradiated world it's something that they're doing so Abby tells sergeant Porter to build a bomb to take the radio tower down and it's so funny because she's just yelling from like 10 feet away like yeah <laughs> and so now all i can think of is just like a dude with some guns like crouched in a tent like, all by himself just sitting there twiddling his thumbs i feel like there's like two and two so he's like yeah with a buddy but yeah yeah he's just waiting for abby to call his name and he's like great my it's my moment yes <laughs> it's my time to shine and then uh raven gives her more information and then abby's like actually never yeah. mind she's like oh man now i have i hope he didn't build that bomb and <laughs> right, like where do they leave the bomb and i guess we can use the bomb for something else now i don't know so raven's like no we won't be able to listen to the enemy anymore and abby's like but then we can't make contact with the other survivors and raven's like yeah that's tough i know what clark would pick though and abby's like we all know what clark would pick she's made it very clear (laughs) how she feels about the situation back in the parking garage uh sergeant scott is looking around finds like some stuffies in some cars which makes you feel sad because you know that those belong to children yeah we see some chinese food which also must be just absolutely rotted And, or probably like fossilized at this point. Right. And then that's when he finds the creepy music box and it plays Carol of the Bells. Fun fact from the wiki, it said uh, Carol of the Bells plays during the parking garage scene. It was originally like placeholder music, but Jason oh. and the writers decided that they liked Carol of the Bells so much that they just kept it and they just huh. let it be Carol of the Bells. When did this episode air? Uh, good question. Fog of War. That's not, I should probably, they're like, do you want me in this movie? December 3rd, 2014. Great. So it was fitting because it aired in December. Yeah. Oh yeah. That worked out for sure. Yeah. And I do agree that it's like super creepy, but I'm like, do music boxes play people's voices? Like, I feel like music boxes just do the little dings. How is this music box playing people singing? I, maybe it's a special music box. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? But then Scott and the other nameless guard are attacked by reapers bellamy and octavia start following the music 
music. Then they find the Reapers who are straight up eating their friends. Yikes. Gross. Yikes. So Bellamy shoots them. Uh, then he gives Octavia a gun because, you know, they're in like active danger now and it's kind of important. Mm-hmm. And then we see, oh no, one of them is Lincoln and he's the one who's eating their friend Sergeant Scott and she like tries to talk to him appeal to him make him wake up but she has to shoot him in the leg and Bellamy knocks him out um because otherwise he's gonna attack them and kill them yeah so he I assume woke up from that knockout pretty quickly um they're hiding in a car and he's like looking around for them and she's like I can't believe he just looked right through me and Bellamy's like we promised that we're gonna get him back and I'm like that is a big promise to make when you have no idea what's even going on with the reapers and everything no exactly I I love the like just absolute horror on Octavia's face too and well it is horrifying for sure yeah exactly it's so jarring to see him there and I yeah as much as I hate the storyline with Lincoln and like what they do I do think this part of it is well done and like the the way that they collide back into each other I think is very interesting yeah yeah I Bellamy again a lot of blind faith going around this episode yeah for sure so they're gonna try and capture him Octavia's gonna be bait and then and Bellamy shocks him in the neck to knock him out. But Lincoln's used to shocks, as we saw last episode. So I'm surprised that this worked mm-hmm. so well. But okay. So then they said that they're going to take him home. And, you know, he's just like a little rabid raccoon that they're bringing back. And everyone's like, that's that's a lot of right. responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> so back in the bunker, Finn tells Clark that the fog is gone and apparently now is the time to have their talk, not while the fog was on, but now. Right. And she goes, they were unarmed. Who, Like, who even are you? And Finn starts to cry and he says he doesn't know who he is either. And this is like, I want honestly, good moment of acting from like known weirdo Thomas McDonald. <laughs> I thought it was quite good. And I also like, I've been waiting for this break. Like I know that like all this crap that happened with him just happened last episode, but all this whole episode, this one that we're talking about now, I've been waiting for him to finally like, I don't think it had like gone through his brain or like he, he didn't give himself a moment to sort of like think about it yet. It was nice to like hear from him that he was thinking what we're all thinking that he's like, Mm -hmm. I don't know who I am anymore. Like, and, and, and some like remorse from him too. Yeah. I just appreciate appreciated that because because he's been so strange all episode feeling like it's like normal and a chill thing that like I've been waiting for him to finally like breathe out I think that he needed the like he needed Clark to acknowledge him before he could yeah does that make sense yeah oh for sure yes absolutely so then Clark's like what have any of us become and it's like ooh. (laughs) (laughs) on the wiki it said there was a deleted scene where Clark and Finn remove Delano's body and bury it as well after this Hmm. Finn and Clark reunite with Abby and Raven uh, Clark wonders where the Blakes are and Abby says they know to come back here so it's good. They see that the radio tower's still up and she says yes we can listen in on Mount Weather now so we don't know if these other stations are out there but we know that our people are in there and so that's what's important. And Abby and Clark hug and Clark's like finally you see, you see how right. I feel about this. Clark, yeah. Clark is like finally but it's also like another olive branch from Abby like to Clark because she like made the Clark, mm-hmm. the, the Clark decision and I feel like yeah. almost very shortly after this I feel like Clark just doesn't care. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I like struggle. I think, I feel like there are so many good Abby and Clark moments throughout this show. Mm-hmm. And and in this season. And there are just as many ones that I'm like, well, that was an opportunity to do something, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So Raven goes to Finn and he says, sorry. And she says, we all have battle scars, Finn. Stick <laughs> it up and build a brace for yours. I know that this line is iconic. And I feel like at the time I was like, yeah, Raven. And now I'm watching it and I'm like, it really reads as here is a line we wrote 
to be iconic or like, yeah. hi, I'm Raven and I've been thinking about this thing I'm going to say to you for a while. And no. here's the thing that I thought of to say to you, you it know? It very much feels like that. And like, it feels kind of cheesy in yeah. in retrospect now because yeah. we live in a in a meme culture because, and, yeah. and yeah. The, the phrase battle scars itself has become such a meme yeah. because of Twilight. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. So I all I could think of was Twilight when I was rewatching it. Uh huh. Like I really feel like she says it to Finn, and Finn's like, "Did you want me to put that on like a little graphic and put it on Pinterest? Like, what did you, what yeah. do you want me to do with this thing that you just said to me?" Yeah. So that's when Jaha shows up, and Abby, in the same way as Kane last episode, is like, "What? <laughs> what? what? Thelonious again? I'm confused as to how we got here." <laughs> Yeah. Then Jaha like sees Camp Jaha for the first time. And, he, you know, he must be like, wow, because like you get to see the like circle of um like the arc and everything. It's really beautiful. It's a really great shot of him like getting to see it. But uh, then he also gets to see Camp Jaha. And he's probably like, <laughs> for me, for me, <laughs> named after me. <laughs> oh, you guys. I feel like <laughs> you didn't have to do that. I feel like Sinclair's going to be like Sinclair's like, yeah, I named it after you. But now that you're here, it feels weird. Yeah. Now we're going to change it. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we're going to change it now. It's awkward. And he's like, oh, right. I was supposed to give you guys a message. It's leave or die. And we have two days. So that's what we got. And I, if I was them, I'd be like, leave where? Uh, where am I supposed to? Where am I going? Back to the sky? Because... I feel like this isn't an actual choice. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. There is no leave. Yeah. Let me just pick up my giant sh- spaceship and go to Ice Nation, I guess. I don't know. That would, that's going to work out. <laughs> but who knows? No. I, I feel like I would, <laughs> I would also make the decision to, to not leave so that I could like have an opportunity to talk because I feel like that is yeah. still a, a bet I believe in more than me just walking mm-hmm. off in some direction. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and Jaha's like, okay, leave or die. Great. I heard it from them. I'm going to leave. Murphy, come with me. We're going to the desert. <laughs> I Right. <laughs> I also, I guess they could go to the dead zone. I don't know. Yeah, I guess. I just, I feel like, <sighs> nope, it's gone. I don't know what it was. What had I said? Yeah. Was just, no, no, no. It was just something about like. Uh, talk about like leave or die. And it's like, where are they even supposed to go? Yeah, exactly. It's just like, there's no guarantee survival either way. But yeah. I feel I have more faith in my negotiation techniques uh, mm. than I do in my build a entire house from scratch techniques. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the app. Anything else before we go into segments? Uh, I don't think so. I am. I did. All yeah. right. So uh, our first segment is the post-apocalyptic Sasquatch or our favorite line award. Mine goes to Raven and Murphy for... Clark, beat it, Murphy. Well, then, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> he, literally, he was in that one scene, but he just... Mwah, he takes the cake for the whole episode. You guys know me. I'm biased, but... It's true. And honestly, you're so valid for that, Robin. It's the sassiest moment of the episode. It is. Yeah. I don't have a favorite line for this one because none of them really like That's okay. super stood out to me. No. The only other one that I picked out was the Battle Scars line and I was like, yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> I feel like it might get a bunch of notes on our Tumblr, but other right. than that, I don't know if it's worth it. <laughs> yeah. Nah. Yeah. Worth putting your name on saying it's your favorite line award is like, nah. Yeah. I'm like, I can, we can pass. 
yeah. I would pass on that. Um, my segment is uh, what is Sam shipping the most? And like the most, it's still Cappy, obviously, even though they don't interact or mention each other at all uh, in this episode. Well, that's not true because uh, Major Byrne says, what if Kane is dead? Okay, yeah, that's fair. They do. To Abby, and I'm sure that she seems very upset about it. I fully have, the notion. at the time, overanalyzed that scene of her reacting Absolutely. to the possibility that he's dead. For sure, for sure. Uh-huh. Frame by frame. <laughs> that being said, I do think what Sam is shipping the most this episode is Abby and Raven. <laughs> All right. Um, I like their relationship in any context, like, like as friends or as as like romantic interests for my crack ship needs. Mm-hmm. And I like I like the trapped in a trapped in a room situation. Like it's it's borderline we have to hide in this tent for because of a blizzard fic. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, Sergeant Porter just has to like he's just like over there. Uh, plug his ears. He's no, like, oh my god, what's happening? I don't even mean like I don't even mean like that, but I mean like I I just like the I like getting episodes where they interact because I think they have good chemistry as actors and I like seeing mm-hmm. that relationship in any aspect. So I think that's what stood out to me the most. <laughs> is there, like, I don't know if there's any show, and I'm sure there is some show, but like maybe not one that I watch, that it has like so many opportunities for multi-shipping, you know? Like even like right. big ensemble shows like Lost, there's just like not that much, like just not every character has romantic, like chemistry, you know? Right. But I feel like this show, they're they're everywhere. <laughs> I, f- I completely agree. I think there's something in the water at the CW where they, they, <laughs> cast <laughs> yes oh for sure yeah there's lots of options on riverdale as well you're right you're right the casts on the cw are always at a level of attractiveness that like they all have chemistry with each other because everybody is attractive uh-huh. does that make sense yes and it's like also like they're more like teen shows too whereas like lost the other example that i gave like it, almost everybody is like full adult mm-hmm. you know but like when it's like a teen show where like i mean all not not the act the actors aren't teens but and, like <laughs> the you know what i mean like like, no, for sure. They all just, there's just so many options. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. For a Robin's Murphy moment, um, they do not interact this episode, uh, but they almost did. So I had canon that it's basically like Clark and Bellamy. Bellamy leaves, Finn comes, and then Murphy comes, and then Finn leaves, and then Murphy, and then Raven comes, and then Murphy leaves, and Clark is the only constant. Yeah. But I had canon that as Bellamy leaves Clark and Finn, he sees Murphy about to walk up to Clark and Finn, (laughs) Uh and looks, they look at each other longingly. Mm. Thank you. (laughs) I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Listen, they're like- I love a good fanfic moment seconds in between those things so they have to have seen each other in that moment i'm into it thanks (laughs) (laughs) so thank you guys so much for listening to this episode our music is terminal by good news tunes thank you so much to uh whoever agreed to hang out with us in this space while we recorded (laughs) so thanks to my dog and thanks to uh britney and emily i assume yes they're the best they're the best uh if you are a fan of riverdale we'd like to talk about that show too um we have covered we have covered so many episodes for this show, this show uh, and we are heading into the final season. Um, that one is hosted yes. by Brittany and Robin. However, I if anything major happens with Snake Parents, you know I will be showing up for that podcast. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> uh, if you're a fan of Lost, we like to talk about that show too. That podcast is my little baby and she's my pride and joy. <laughs> and we are doing season four now, which is crazy. Um, it's been six years and we're on season four, but we put them out monthly. That's why. And it is... Spoiler free until a spoiler section at the end. So if you want to watch along with us for the first time, it would be my very 
honor and we also have guests <laughs> over there so th- that's our that's our longest podcast if you're looking for more aficionados content and also some more like deep insights rather than just jokes but there's yeah. also jokes <laughs> <laughs> bit of both it would not be an aficionados pod without the jokes Exactly. Uh, if you're a fan of Stranger Things, I feel about that podcast the way Robin feels about Lost. Mm-hmm. It is a delight. We have a lot of fun and we also do a lot of like deep dives on on the show. And yeah, we just started covering season four for the year and yes. you should go check it out. 401 is currently available. Go go listen right now. What are you waiting for? <laughs> the podcast's almost over. Uh, you can follow the Fictionados on Tumblr, Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram. <laughs> That'd be great. Thanks. Yeah, Robin makes our our gifts on Tumblr and you can uh, just check us out. Honestly, you guys, the the, like early season two gifts that I've been making, popping off on Tumblr, you guys. Hey, good for you, man. People are are thirsty for early season two gifts, I guess. That's hilarious. Who knows? Yeah. I would not have I would not have expected it. Yeah. Uh, our Patreon, like I said earlier, patreon.com slash the aficionados. If you like what we do here, please consider donating Um, because it is expensive with our money. It's also expensive with our time. So we really appreciate that. We do it because we love it, Um, but we also <laughs> would really appreciate your help. If you can't help us on a Patreon, check out our small businesses. Um, They are in the description or just recommend us to a friend because that's free. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me on Twitter at, at Sam Casey. So which is S-A-M-C-A-S-E-Y-S. The next episode is episode 207. It's called Long Into an Abyss. Riverdale is starting off very shortly. If we have a hiatus week, we might have time to put out an episode, but I, I cannot promise. So keep your eye on our Twitter where I will announce it if it's happening. Um, but right now it's just going to be like a little surprise whenever it happens again. <laughs> we truly appreciate your patience and understanding while we take a hiatus here for Riverdale because it's truly impossible with like everything I've got going on right now to do both. So I appreciate you so much. Thanks. Thanks. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye.